Hi there, I'm Keith Pilly, your art pal. We are continuing our exploration of architecture with some more examination of buildings in downtown Minneapolis. But actually, we are going to mix things up even more now and not talk about buildings. Instead, I would like to talk about an important aesthetic part of the urban experience, a place where there aren't any buildings, a park. Specifically, PV Plaza at Nicolet Mall and 11th Street, right next to Orchestra Hall. Parks have been an important facet of urban architecture for a long time now. No survey of great American builders is complete without a look at Frederick Law Olmsted, the landscape architect who most famously designed Central Park in Manhattan. Olmsted argued forcefully that as cities got bigger, they needed park space to provide some relief for the human beings who had to exist in all of this hustle and bustle. He was making these arguments right as the city of Minneapolis was really getting rolling, and a colleague of his, Horace Cleveland, came to Minneapolis in the 1870s and argued for a strong park system in the growing city. Minneapolis's unusually kick-ass collection of parks was the result. Cleveland did a lot for St. Paul, too, by the way, which is why there's a street named after him over there. PV Plaza isn't exactly what Cleveland and Olmsted would have had in mind when they imagined urban parks, but it's a fascinating little space. Opened in 1975 and designed by M. Paul Freeberg and Associates, PV Plaza is maybe the most geometric place in town, an acre of hard-edged forms of concrete, metal, and water just piled on top of each other. If Olmsted and Cleveland had been arguing in the 19th century for a very pastoral type of urban park, PV Plaza is a drastically updated version of what they're talking about. Rather than being pastoral, it's extremely urban, as if the city had just up and grown a park out of its own materials. PV Plaza is so emblematic of the dominant American architectural principles of the post-war era that it was added to the National Register of Historic Places in the middle of a public debate over whether to maintain it or change it. It's like someone took those architectural principles, all geometric simplicity and 20th century materials, and made them concrete in the form of a park. Literally. Literally concrete, in fact, since that's by far the most dominant material and aesthetic of PV Plaza. And that was another thing I wanted to bring up with the PV talk. It's one of the city's best examples of an architectural style that gets talked about a lot in the past few years, and that's brutalism. Brutalism is a subtype of modernist architecture that, broadly speaking, executes modernism's minimalist geometric thing by using raw concrete, resulting in a very distinct look. And if a big part of modernism was the embrace of then-new and exciting building materials, concrete is pretty high towards the top of that list. Uh, you know, it, it, you can do anything with it, and it's really strong. It was exciting stuff. The name brutalism itself comes, after a few jumps, from the French phrase béton brut, meaning raw concrete. But in English, the brutal part of the name carries this negative connotation. Like, it just sounds nasty. Brutalism. Like, that building's got it in for you. A friend of mine once told me, in what I think was a case of taking things a little too far, that brutalism was the only type of architecture that was inherently fascist. Which, come on, I'm not really buying that. Brutalist buildings can be kind of imposing if they're big and blocky and rough-looking from the concrete, and sometimes raw concrete can get kind of dingy-looking and give you sort of a late Soviet vibe, and the Soviets sure did love brutalism, to be sure, but that was more from a desire to show off how modern their architecture was 
than from any inherent authoritarianism in building with concrete. Anyway, I don't know how you could stand in PV Plaza on a warm summer day and watch the concrete shapes rising up from the pond and see the metal structure of the fountain gurgling and take all of this in and think that, yeah, you're standing in a monument to fascism. It just doesn't work. This truly is a lovely little urban spot, at least as long as it's not winter. But then that applies to pretty much everything in Minneapolis. Thank you for listening to ArtPal. You can catch show updates, images, and more at ArtPalPod on both Twitter and Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for an upcoming newsletter. If you liked the show, please leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform, or just tell a friend. And of course, check out the rest of the season. There's plenty more art and architecture to talk about. Thanks. Thanks.